Turn with me, please, to Psalm 18, verse 1. We're not only happy for all whom we have acknowledged, but we want each of you to know that though your name might not have been called, we might not have recognized you personally or individually, we are overjoyed that you have come to West Angeles to worship the Lord with us on this day. Psalm 18. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The pains of death surrounded me. The floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me, and the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him even to his ears. Overcoming negative circumstances, and negative emotions. Will you repeat those words after me, please? Overcoming negative circumstances and negative emotions. Everyone will at one time or another face bad circumstances. Everyone will at some time have to nurse an emotionally wounded spirit. Most of us will do this many times and some of us will do it most of the time because negative circumstances and negative emotions always strive to come upon us. And one of the most important abilities that a person can have is the ability to endure and rise above negative circumstances and emotions. Those who can do this will have a much greater chance for survival and a much greater chance for success. Those who can't do this doom themselves to failure and to sorrow. Now all of us are familiar with the influence of negative circumstances. We frequently predict the potential success of a venture based on the circumstances that surround that venture. Circumstances are the criteria of that thing's success. A common excuse for failure is that the failure was due to circumstances that were beyond our control. And so many are more intent on changing their circumstances than they are on changing or preparing themselves to deal with their circumstances. For them, circumstances are the primary factor and thing that influences success or failure. And so you hear it every day. If I just lived in a different town, 
If I just had a different house, if I just lived in a different apartment, if I just had a family that was behind me, my husband, my wife is just dragging me down. I'm tired of my neighborhood. I'm tired of my job. I just need a change of circumstances. But it was Samuel Lover who said, circumstances are the rulers of the weak, but they are the instruments of the strong. Napoleon said, circumstances, I make circumstances. And the same circumstance that will destroy one person will make and develop another person. I said, the same circumstances that will destroy and devastate one person will make another person. Arnold Toynbee said that great civilizations are not born in circumstances where everything is nice or where everything is beautiful, but rather in environments that are unusually difficult. Thus, it's not the circumstances, but it's your response to the circumstance that is the important thing. I said it's not your circumstances. It's how you respond to your circumstance that is the important thing. Let me also say a few words about negative emotions. Frequently, our emotions are based on and wedded to our circumstances. And our feelings and psychological reactions are based on our real or our imagined perception of the environment that surrounds us. Thus one would be afraid or angry or distressed because of the things that are happening in that person's vicinity. But you know, there are some people who are troubled emotionally when everything is going fine. There are some people who are upset emotionally when everything is going their way. They've got food on the table, money in their pocket, clothes in the closet, people who love them and care for them, but still they are emotionally upset. They're emotionally depressed. Physically, they're reasonably secure and healthy, but still they are plagued by negative emotions. Some people are distressed, and they don't understand why they are distressed. Their emotions have made life almost unbearable for them. Proverbs 18 and 14 informs us that the spirit of a man will bear his infirmity, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? Well, David, in this psalm that I've read, confronted some very negative emotions. He confronted some very negative circumstances. And the first thing that David says about his circumstance is that there were enemies. He was confronted by enemies. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Saul hated him because of his skill in warfare and because of his popularity. Saul hated David because God had chosen David to be king. The Philistines hated David because David had killed their giant and champion Goliath. Some people hated him 
because Saul hated him. You know, some people don't need a reason to hate you. If they can just find out that somebody else hates you, they're going to hate you too because they're just haters. Does anybody know anything about haters? Other people hated him for no particular reason. They just hated him. You know, people don't need a reason to hate you. Oh, tell your neighbor, people don't need a reason to hate you. Don't be surprised when people hate you. Just be glad when you find some folk that love you, care about you. If you live, if you live, you're going to have enemies. I said, if you live, you're going to have enemies. But even more, don't be prominent. Don't be well-known. Don't have special skills. Don't be successful. Don't do anything outstanding. Don't do anything progressive. Don't take an unpopular point of view because if you do, you are going to be hated and you're going to have enemies. But not only did David have enemies, he says that there were floods of ungodly men all around him. In verse 4 he says, and floods of ungodliness made me afraid. Listen, the predominance of ungodly people around you makes integrity much more difficult and challenging. His was a wicked and dangerous world. And the wickedness of his world tugged at him and pulled at his spirit. Listen, when you're in the midst of wickedness all around you, it begins to drain your spirit and drain your enthusiasm for righteousness if you're not careful. Floods of ungodly men made life difficult for him. And then David says that he was surrounded by unpleasantness and by pain. In verse 4, he said, pangs of death surrounded me. Floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me and the snares of death confronted me. He was surrounded by death, surrounded by hell in every direction. He turned, he was confronted by terror, confronted by intimidation. And the King James Version says that the threat of death prevented me. And so David was unable to reach his objectives. He was unable to reach his goals. He was hindered in every direction that he turned. And for some of you, this is the story of your life. Every time your objective is within your reach, something happens and you're unable to reach it. David was also confronted by negative, negative emotions. Not only was he surrounded by negative circumstances, but negative emotions were a part of his mentality. Certain things made David afraid. He mentions fear. He mentions sorrow. He mentions distress. I said he mentions fear. He mentions sorrow. And he mentions distress. People are afraid today. They're afraid about their marriage. They're afraid about the well-being of their children. They're afraid about holding on to their job. 
They're afraid about economic conditions. They're afraid about their relationships. They're afraid about their personal welfare and their personal safety. And then there are some folk who are afraid and they don't know what they're afraid about. They're just afraid. And Johnson said that all fear is painful. David mentions the sorrows of Sheol are hell. And so depression and sorrow join fear in what seems to be national epidemics. Spells of depression threaten all of us. And it's so easy to defeat a depressed person. Listen, if I can get you depressed, I can defeat you. I can outdo you. I can compete with you. I can overcome you if I can get you depressed. It's tough that they have no joy in themselves. And they have no ability to give any joy to anybody else. But Austin O'Malley said, sorrow like rain makes roses and mud. Sorrow like rain makes roses and mud. And some would say that their sorrow is making only mud. But that same sorrow, if you allow God to use it, can create a rose garden in the middle of your life. The distress that David mentioned might be defined as extreme anxiety of body and of mind. David had distress. He had extreme anxiety of body and mind. But one thing about Brother David was that even though he faced these emotions and even though he faced these circumstances, he was undergirded with some firm convictions about God. If you know God, you ought to deal with your circumstances better than folk who don't know God. If you know God, you ought to be able to overcome and resist negative emotions better than folk who don't know God. And in this scripture lesson, you notice the words, Oh Lord. It's in verse 1. It's in verse uh, 2. It's in verse 3. It's in verse 6. Oh Lord. And, and it's Oh Lord in capital letters. Oh Lord. Now whenever you see this, and it's 6,000 times in the Bible. Whenever you see that phrase, oh Lord, that is a tetragrammaton to replace the word Yahweh or Jehovah. And, and, and so when you see, oh Lord, you just understand that the Bible is saying Yahweh or Jehovah. That lets you know the name of our God. And, and that's what was originally written. And, and this was the name that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob used for God. And this was the name... That, that Moses heard when he saw the bush burning in the wilderness. And God said, Moses, I am that I am. I am Yahweh. I am Yah. When we say hallelujah, we're praising the living and the one and only almighty God. Now the name Yahweh signals the truth that nothing else defines God but God himself. I said nothing else defines God but God himself. He says, I am who I am. I am who I will be. I bring into existence whatever exists. Yahweh indicates that throughout all eternity, I am. 
and I am the creator of all that was and is and ever shall be. I am always present. I am always powerful. This name, I am. God introduced himself to Moses by the name I am when he spoke out of a bush that was burning and it was not consumed. I said, Yahweh, God spoke out of a bush that was burning and was not consumed. Tell your neighbor, God spoke out of a bush that was burning but was not consumed. That means the fire that was burning in the bush was burning without fuel. It was just burning. Uh-huh. And, and, and you know, there, there is a, a worldwide quest for fuel today because we need that element of energy and heat and warmth and fire because literally the world almost operates from the force of fire and the force of heat and the force of burning. Your car is able to drive because a fiery explosion takes place in each of the cylinders of your car and that enables your car uh, to move ahead. But in order for that fire to burn, it's got to have fuel. But here comes almighty Yahweh, Jehovah God, that doesn't need any fuel to burn. Come on, tell your neighbor, God doesn't need any fuel to burn. Anybody who can create fire without fuel will gain unimaginable wealth and unimaginable power. I said anybody who can cause fire to burn without fuel will have wealth and will have power. But God started a fire that burned all day long and it needed no fuel. You might say, well, it must not have been hot fire. Oh, no, well, God deals with hot fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into some hot fire, and the fire burned up the ropes that were on them and burned up uh, uh, the ropes that were on their feet, uh, but it did not hurt them. As a matter of fact, the king said, did we throw three men in? I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth one looks just like the Son of God. God's fire burns what he wants it to burn, and it doesn't burn what he does not want it to burn. And, and you know, there's going to be another fire that's going to be a hot fire, but it's not going to be a consuming fire because uh, the, 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 the fires of hell will burn forever. And those who reject God and refuse to live according to the will of God, according to the word of God, will be cast into the burning pit that is with fire and with brimstone. It will burn them, but it won't burn them up. It won't consume them. Y'all got quiet on me. I turned the corner on you. But God can send fire and he needs no fuel for the fire to burn. Look at the God of the universe that is able to do that. Listen, if our, if our world could do that, then nations could stay at home and not be out somewhere trying to take somebody else's oil. Mm -hmm. But God speaks to the things that be not as though they were. And if God wants to create a fire that burns without fuel, God can do it. And if God wants to create something out of nothing, God can do it. And if God wants to bring life out of death, God can do it. 
And Jesus proved it because he died on the cross, nails in his hands, nails in his feet. But on the third day morning, he got up from the grave and said, all power in heaven and in earth is in my hand. I have the keys to death, to hell, and the grave. And child of God, if you believe in him, though you die, those breath leaves your body one day the Lord the trump of God is going to sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise up and be caught up to meet the Lord in the air but somebody help me praise God for a God that can send fire without fruit a God that can call something out of nothing a God that can do anything with God nothing is impossible and I just went through all that to say that's the God that David was talking about does anybody know God does anybody trust God does anybody know God I'm going to rely on God clap your hands give praise give praise give praise hallelujah hallelujah listen when you've got a God like that you'll stop telling your God about your problems and you'll start telling your problems about your God. Come on and praise him. God is our refuge. God is our strength. He's the very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. If you're glad you know him, give God praise. So the text gives us a strategy for overcoming negative circumstances and overcoming negative emotions. The text offers us four keys to victory. And listen, as I go through these keys to victory, you will note that each of these keys begins with I will except the last one. And the last one begins with I shall. I said each of these four keys begins with the word I will. And the last one begins with the word I shall. And so this implies personal decisiveness. Everybody say personal decisiveness. Uh-huh. It implies personal decisiveness. You must take decisive action, and you must interact a, uh, a counteractive strategy. Uh, a friend of mine said, when the going gets tough, then the tough get going. And so the first key is found in Psalm 18 and 1, where the Bible says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. And that's key number one. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. And listen, to love God is the appropriate response because love is the predominant sentiment or commitment that God has toward us. We ought to love him, number one, because he loves us so much. Jeremiah 31 and 3 says that the Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. And this is God's testimony to everybody in the house on today. God loves you with an everlasting love. And God is striving to draw you with loving kindness. And it's good to accept the loving kindness of God. Because God is also a God of justice. And at times, he's a God of wrath. And I just say to you today, you want loving kindness. 
and you want the Lord to draw you with his love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And it's not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his own son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So the apostle Paul said in Romans 8 and 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. So the psalmist realized that if you love God, God will work everything out for your good and for your benefit. And the Bible commands in Matthew 22 and 37, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. God wants you to love him. But if you love him, he'll work it out for you. So the psalmist said in key number one, I'm going to overcome my circumstances. I'm going to overcome my negative emotions by loving the Lord. When I focus on God, that will help me to rise above everything that's around me. If I love God, and that's the important thing in my life, my love for God will cause me to hold on to Him no matter what else happens in my life. And so David said, I will love you, Lord. And then in Psalm 18, verse 2, David said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress. He's my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. And so David said, I'm not only going to love him, but I'm going to trust him by an act of my will. I'm deciding to trust in the Lord. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, by an act of my will, I've decided to trust in God. Trust him when everything is falling around you. Trust him when you can't find a solution. Trust him when everything is falling apart. Trust him when the institutions we lean on are failing us. Listen, if you don't trust God, you'll be overwhelmed by worry. If you don't trust God, you'll be overcome by fear. If you don't trust God, life will be difficult and rough for you because the struggle of life is great enough without having to have the added burden of worry and fear. It's gonna to be tough enough for you to make it as it is without worrying about it and being afraid about it. Oh, bless the name of God. Tell your neighbor, trust in the Lord. I was in a strange town, on an elevator in a strange hotel, on my way up to a strange floor to go to a strange room. I had a heavy load, suit bag hanging on my shoulder. I had a heavy briefcase on the other shoulder. I was standing on the elevator, going up and up. But as I stood there with that heavy load on my shoulder, something said to me, put your briefcase down, put your suit bag down. This elevator is strong enough to carry you and the stuff you're trying to bear. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, put it down. 
trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. Hallelujah. Rely on him and he shall direct your path. Let the church say praise the Lord. Simon Peter in 1 Peter 5 and verse 7 gives us the key. He said, listen, you don't have to bear all of this, casting all your care on him because he cares for you. Come on, say it after me, casting all your care on him because he cares for you. Cast your worry on him. Cast your depression on him. Cast your burden on him. He loves you. He'll take care of you. Be not dismayed. Whatever time, God will take care of you. I don't know about you, but I'm going to trust him. Lift up your hand and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. When everything seems to be going wrong, when life seems to let me down, I will trust God. I will rely on God. And so key number one is I will love the Lord. Key number two is I will trust the Lord. But then in Psalm 18 and verse 3, David says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And that's key number three. I will call upon the Lord. I didn't say I'll call my best friend. I didn't say I'll call my lawyer, the doctor, or the bank. But I will call upon the Lord. God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is a very present help in the time of trouble. Therefore will not we fear. Psalm 18 and verse 3. I will call upon the Lord. Listen, God is courteous. I said God is courteous. God respects our space. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God respects your space. He will not come in without being invited. There are some areas of our life that he will not enter until we call on him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God will not come in until you call him. But if you're calling, God will answer. If you're calling, God will respond. If you're calling, I said you've got to call him. I said you've got to call him. If you're calling, he'll hear your voice. He'll hear your prayer. Come on and praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He may not do everything. He won't do what we can do. He won't deal with what we can deal with. Hallelujah. You've got to work like it all depended on you. And you've got to pray like it all depended on God. But when you've done your best, when you can't do anymore, you can turn it over to the Lord. Isaiah 41 and verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. Listen to this. He said, Yea, I will strengthen you. Yea, I will help you. Yea, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
Look at the progression. Look at how God works. God lets the responsibility be upon our shoulders. And he says, I'm going to strengthen you, child of God, while you're trying, while you're working. God is giving you strength. And in the strength of God, go forth, do the best you can. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God is renewing my strength. But when God has renewed your strength and you still need some more help, it's still too much for you. The Lord says, yay, I will help you. Oh, hallelujah. All of my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Touch two people and tell them God is helping you. God is helping you. That means God is not only working in us, but God is working around us to help us and to bring you through. But even then, it sometimes gets too rough. Sometimes it's more than you can bear. Brother Gucci, I just want you to know the Lord said, I'll uphold you. I'll pick you up where the enemy can't reach you, where the lions can't get to you. God will uphold you. Lift me up and let me stand. My faith on heaven's table land. Call it. I said call it. Call it. He'll show up just in time. Does anybody know he's an on-time God? He's an on-time God. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry everything, everything to God in prayer. Take that sickness to God in prayer. Take that ailment to God in prayer. Take that troubled home to God in prayer. Take that confused mind to God in prayer. The Lord can fix it. Oh yes, he can fix it. I said he can fix it by his power. Oh yes, he can. Oh yes, he can. Then we come to key number four. Oh, bless the name of God. It's found right there in Psalm 18 and 3. So shall I be saved from my enemies if I love him, if I trust him, if I call on him. So shall I be saved from my enemies. I shall be saved. If I do this, if I survive this, I'll come through. This will not destroy me. It will not break me down. It will not devastate me. I shall be saved. I'm going to love God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to call on God. I shall be saved. Will you tell somebody, I shall, I shall be saved. This is more than just an analytical prediction. It's a statement of determination. It's a statement of resolution. It's a statement of commitment. It's a proclamation that I'm not going to be defeated by my negative circumstances. I'm not going to be destroyed by my negative emotions. I'm going to overcome them. I'm going to overcome them. Are there any overcomers? Are there any overcomers in the house? 
Let all the overcomers give God a cheer. Give praise to God. Overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I'm going to make it. I'm going to go forth. I'm going to love it. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to call on it. I shall. I shall. I shall be saved. I'm not going to let fear destroy me. I'm not going to let negative circumstances drag me down. I shall be saved. I'm not going to let the world take my salvation, steal my joy. I've got to have it. I need salvation. I need God. I need his blessings. I shall be saved. Other folk may turn away. Other folk may walk away. But I'm going to hold on. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, hold on. Hold on to your joy. Hold on to your salvation. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, bless the Lord. That was the determination of Brother Joe. Brother Joe lost everything. His houses, his children, his herds, his flocks. And then Joe lost his health, sick in his body. So sick that his wife said, you ought to curse God and die. Job said, you're talking foolish. Job held on. And finally, Job lifted up his head up toward heaven and said, God knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth, shining like gold. Come on, neighbor. You might be going through a trial. You might be having it rough. But hold up your hand and say, when he has tried me, I shall come forth like gold. Job made up his mind. No matter how rough, no matter how tough, I'm coming out of this. Tell somebody, no matter how rough, no matter how tough, I'm coming out of this. I'm coming over this. I'm going to love him because he's so good. I'm going to trust him because he cannot fail. I'm going to call him, call him, call him, and I share. Oh, bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand up and give him praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. Give him glory. Hallelujah. I've decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to live for God. I've decided I've got to make it. I said, I've got to make it. Eternity is too long. I've got to make it. Life is too rough. I've got to make it. I need God too badly. I've got to make it. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. And oh, what needless pain we've got to bear. All because we do not carry everything 
to God in prayer. I've got to make it. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I've got to make it. Child of God, don't throw in the towel. Child of God, don't give up. Your best days are still ahead. Your best days are still to come. If you stop now, you won't make it. Tell your neighbor, keep going. Keep going. And you look much better than you look right now. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I see you in the future. And you look much better, walk much better, shout much better, run much better. Oh, love God, trust God, call on God. I shall, I shall. Hallelujah, 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 somebody ought to praise him. Oh, let's, let's, let's do it again, do it. go to five people and tell them I shall be saved, I shall be saved. I shall be, I shall be. I made up my mind. I'm not going to be defeated. I'm not going to be stopped. I've decided I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to love Him. I'm going to serve Him. I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to call on Him. I shall, I shall, I shall. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right now, all right now, God said, it's all right now, it's all right now, all right now, God said, it's all right. Grab somebody by the hand and say to them, All right now, it's all right now. God said, It's all, it's all right now. All right now, all right now. God said, It's all. Brother musician, I don't know what you're dealing with, don't know what you're confronted by, I don't know what's in your circumstances, I don't know what's in your emotional life, but I do know that God loves you, that God is mindful of you, and I know that if you will love him, if you'll trust him, if you'll call on him, you shall be saved. Saved from what you think is your destiny. Saved 
from that bad situation that you're confronted by. Saved from your sin. Saved from your failure. Saved from an eternal destiny of death. Saved to have life everlasting. To have it more abundantly. Thank God that Jesus purchased this for us on the cross. His blood was shed. His hands were pierced. His feet were pierced. That we might have life. That we might have it more abundantly. And on the third day morning, Jesus arose from the dead. Letting us know God has accepted the sacrifice that I have given to him. We're no longer hostages of death. We can rise up from the dead. We can be with God throughout all eternity. Jesus arose. And if he arose, there's nothing that he cannot do. If you don't know the Lord, if your sins are not forgiven, if you're not saved, I want to pray for you today. I want to introduce you to the Lord Jesus who died for your sins and who arose from the dead. If your sins are not forgiven, I would not leave this place without getting right with God. In a moment, I'm going to pray. And I want to pray for you. But if you want to be saved, if you say, preacher, I need God, I need salvation, would you pray for me? I'll include you in that prayer. I need to know that you desire prayer. I need to know that you understand your need for the Lord. And who would say, preacher, I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Jesus. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, lift that hand, hold it high. As your way of saying, preacher, pray for me. I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus. I want to call on him. I want to trust him. I want to love him. I want to be saved. Lift that hand, hold it high. Wherever you may be, this is your day, your time. The Lord will come into your life and you'll never be the same again. Lift that hand, hold it high. Five more of you, the Lord is calling you. This is your day, you may never have another opportunity. Don't miss this opportunity. Come to the Lord today. Dear Lord, I pray for those whose hands are uplifted. Thank you that you brought them into your house. Thank you that you reached out to them by your power. Thank you that this is the day of their salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the Lord, we're calling on you on their behalf, even now. And we're praying, dear Lord, that you'll come into their lives and set them free. Pray this prayer after me, please. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done and the wrong I have been. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for my sin. I believe he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. And I thank you, Lord. I am saved. I thank you, Lord. I am forgiven. I thank you, Lord. I will love you. I will trust you. I will call on you. I shall be saved. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.